our mission here at the church is changing our world together. Oh, there's a few of us alive today. Changing our world together. I had somebody say one time, well, what are you actually doing to change your world together? Well, how much time you got? Sit your ugly self down and I'll tell you. Come on, somebody. We literally, we are, because I say we, every time you partner with a ministry like this, it's you. You share in this inheritance, amen? The Apostle Paul said it's credited to your heavenly account. Two of us know the word. I said it's credited to your heavenly account. Literally, there'll be people that come to you in heaven. I just have enough faith to believe. There'll be people that come to you in heaven that are in heaven from Kenya because of your partnership. Yes, be people from Wayne County. We support 50 missionaries full-time around the globe. This is just something we're doing as a sidebar. Whew, come on, somebody. We built two churches in Kenya, Africa, and paid cash for the thing. We're paying cash for this medical clinic. You understand? We're feeding people with the food distribution. You need some food. Know somebody needs food. Come today after 11 a.m., Ask Tom, when Jesus said he'd fill your barns to overflowing, Tom, am I telling the truth? Take care of a couple thousand people on a Friday and our barn's still overflowing. We got to get rid of the thing because it's getting filled up again this week. Come on. That's the God we serve. So we're, we're taking care of people physically, spiritually, come on, financially, relationally, emotionally, in every area of their life because we believe that we're blessed to be a blessing. Come on. We believe that this word is living and active, that God has called us to do something. We didn't just get saved to sit on our laurels. Come on, to sit on our blessed assurance. Some of y'all figured that out in the ride home. Come on. Tom? If people want to help today, they're more than welcome. After 11 a.m. service, across the pond, the big metal building over there, the blue and white one, the second big one. These buildings keep popping out of the ground, amen? Like we're popping out grandchildren. It's unbelievable. Come on, somebody. The Dross family's expanding just as quick as the properties do. Come on. Because we serve the God of abundance. I said we serve the God of abundance. We're blessed to be a blessing. He's a good God. He's El Shaddai. He's exactly who he said he is. He'll do exactly what he said he'll do. Come on, somebody. If you'll take God at his word and put his word to work, it'll work for you. I said it'll work for you. Somebody said, I tried that faith stuff. It didn't work. Well, no, no, you didn't work faith. You might have worked mental ascent. You might have worked something else, but you didn't work faith. The Bible says in Romans 3, 3, let God be true and every man be a liar. Oh, baby. Come on, I come to get up your grill this morning. He said, let God be true and every man be a liar. God's word always works. And I only found that not only does it always work, it says he's watching over his word to perform it in the lives of his children. Whoo, baby, come on. His word not only works, but he's watching over his word to perform it. In other words, God has angels on assignment waiting for you to get in line with his word. Oh, come on. He's got angels on assignment waiting for you to raise your faith level up and declare and decree a thing. I told you, Job 22, 28 says like this. You'll decide and decree a thing, and the Lord will establish it for you. For the light of his favor will shine upon you. Come on, somebody. And it will establish it in your life. In other words, when you put on the mind of Christ, when you realize you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, when you begin to say, you know what? I'm a man of authority, but I'm also under authority. Come on, somebody. But I've been empowered by God's Spirit to decree a thing, to declare a thing, to, to bring God's blessing in this earth, to bring God's healing power in this earth to establish something in the earth. Well, I'm just waiting on God. Baloney. God's waiting on you. Come on. He said, you lay hands on the sick. Oh, baby. I just wish God would heal me. He already did over 2,000 years ago on Calvary's Hill. He told you lay hands on the sick and then he'd recover. Come on. The gifts and powers of the Holy Ghost work through people. Oh, baby. The gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit work through people. Well, I'm just not qualified. Baloney. 
He said he qualified you in Colossians 1. Stop making excuses for why you're not being proactive with the kingdom of God. Oh, boy. I'm going to come over here. I feel the warmth over here by you, David. Come on. I said, stop making excuses for things God's called you to do, and you're not doing it. Because you're being lazy. Oh, boy. Come on. You know, God tells me to do some things sometimes. I don't want to do it. Can I just be honest? Come on. Are there any real people in the place? God asks you to do something. Tell you, oh, Jesus, I don't want to do that. Come on. Jesus, I want to follow your example from Mark 4 and take a nap. Come on. Read it for yourself. It says he was taking a nap in the stern of the ship after he got done teaching all day. Jesus, I don't want to do that financially. Come on. Speak to somebody else. Can I be honest with you? Last year at Christmas, <laughs> somebody's going to get upset. I'm sitting there praying, get ready to preach. And the Lord says, take out your checkbook. I say, yes, sir. Uh, now I know it's going to cost me something. <laughs> Come on. I said, yes, sir. He says, there's a family in need in the church. And they haven't told anybody, but I need you to take care of them. They don't have gifts for their kids for Christmas. I said, yes, sir. Then he gave me a figure. I said, are you sure? <laughs> I started making every excuse under the sun. Right? I'm 28, just about turned 29. I got a baby, Jesus. Come on. I got stuff, all kinds of bills, stuff. Take. Get somebody who's older than me. He's got more money than I do. <laughs> Come on. Come on, have you ever been there? Let's be honest. Come on, take the mask off. No, oh, geez, never mind. Come on. I said, Lord, I apologize for my doubt and unbelief, making excuses. I said, just for that devil, I'm going to double the number. And I did. And I came in on a Sunday morning. I'm not telling you that because I'm talking about being obedient to God because God will always bless you when you're obedient to him. You understand? Obedience always precedes the blessing of God in your life. I walked in and I said, and God's not into embarrassing people. Notice we just showed you Kenya. We didn't show you widows that are blown out with HIV, AIDS, all messed up. We didn't show you children with blown out stomachs, which we could have easily done, but we don't believe in doing that. We believe every person's made in the image and likeness of God. Come on, somebody. Oh, boy. I got a friend who's a missionary, and he's done well meeting his budget. But he said, I can't figure out why no one else can meet their budget. I said, I, I can Oh, now you all got your attention now. I said, because whether missionaries realize it or not, sometimes, if they're not careful, they're literally exploiting children. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, even though it's well-intentioned. You understand that child with a, a blowed-out belly. We're not negating the fact that there's children with bloated bellies. What I am saying is God never called you to raise money by showing pictures of a child with a bloated belly. Oh, baby. See, you got to do stuff like that when you don't know how to work the word. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Come on. You got to do stuff like that when you don't know how to work God's word. You understand that child is a child of God, is made the image and likeness of God. You think God's all right with you exploiting his children? Oh, baby. Come on. I'm going to step on some toes today. You think it's all right? I don't. I'm totally against that. Totally. Totally. Could you raise money easily that way? I'm sure you can. But it's not right. It's not kingdom. It's manipulation. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. It's not kingdom. That's manipulation. I better let that thing go. So I went over, Mike, to this guy on Christmas Eve. No one, 
only I knew and he knew. His wife didn't even know he lost his job. I mean, they were hurting, man. And I said, here, gave him one of them Holy Ghost handshakes. Come on. Holy Ghost handshake. Come on. They're my favorite kind of handshake. And he was able to take care of his kids, meet his rent for the month. I mean, just totally bless him. But watch what he said to me. He said, Tyler, he said, that was the night it sparked my faith to believe. Watch this. That God only would take care of me and my family, but I could believe him for a job too. Before the week was out, God gave him a job, and it was better paying than it was before. Come on, somebody. It was a promotion from where he was because that's who God is. If we have faith to believe the word, the word always works. Amen? I don't know what God's doing. It's just been a whole bunch of fun. Can I tell you that? It's been a whirlwind. Can I say it like that? In the last 60 days, I've seen people with stage 4 cancer healed. I've seen blind eyes open. Oh, I, I mentioned, I don't see, I got to lay hands on these people and see it first. Day. Come on, somebody. I didn't like see it on TV or see it on some, I got to be a part of that thing. Come on. I've seen God bless people through the, the COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever the name of the thing is. <laughs> I've seen God elevate people in business. I told y'all, I know one man who started a hand sanitizer business right before the thing hit. Because the Holy Spirit told him to. Oh, he done all right. He's the number one exporter of hand sanitizer out of the U.S. right now. And just 24 months ago, he didn't know a lick about hand sanitizer. He was working in a factory. But he had enough faith to believe God. He said, God, I'm believing you for either a dream, an idea, an invention, or a business. Little he know hand sanitizer was coming his way with the COVID-19. You see, God always has a way out. What I'm trying to tell you is there's nothing you can get into that God can't get you out of. There's no sin that's so great that God can't redeem you from. Come on, somebody. God always has a way. If we have the faith to believe God and work the word, God will always take us out. Watch this. He said, Deuteronomy 28, I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll put you above and never beneath. Come on, somebody. He said, I'll bless you coming in. I'll bless you going out. I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you in the city. He said, everything you put your hands to is going to prosper, Mike. I like that one. Come on. He said, though the enemy comes one way, I'll cause him to scatter seven ways before you. He's not saying you won't get attacked, but what he's saying is, I already have a way out. He, what he's saying is, though the attack might come, I'll cause him to scatter seven ways before you. All you have to do is stay in faith. All you have to do is stand there and keep believing God and call things that be not as though they were and watch them come to pass and say, I know my Redeemer lives. I believe in faith that what you said is working for me. It's working in my life. I might not see it with natural eyes, but I got the gift of faith working for me, and I'm seeing with eyes of the Spirit, Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm looking through the not the eyes of the flesh, but eyes of the Spirit, and I'm going to call that thing in by faith. The angels are bringing it and working it for me. Come on, somebody. It's working in my favor because my Savior died to purchase it for me. Just like Job. Surely my Redeemer lives. Oh, baby. Surely my Redeemer lives. Surely my I don't know what you're dealing with, but I know about me. My Redeemer lives. So it's been crazy. Can I just tell you? I was preaching one Wednesday night. I felt like closing. I was tired. I've been working 12 hours in Honesdale all day. Rushed down here. I took a Polish bath. <laughs> all you Polish people, you stink. Amen. No, I'm teasing. It's a joke. It's a joke. We love you. The Italians love you. Amen. Come on. It's a joke. Took a Polish bath. Came here. I felt like closing at five to eight, truthfully. 
And the Holy Spirit says, keep going. I thought, Lord, I know I can keep going, but I'm tired. Oh, don't act like he never said something to you. and you. you oh, oh, yeah, you're just 100% all the time. Come on, somebody. Let's be real. If you can't be real in church, what do you like out there? Come on. I said, yes, sir. So I start preaching on the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching, and all of a sudden somebody starts laughing, falls out of their chair over there. I thought my preaching's not that bad. <laughs> somebody over here hits the deck, starts crying out to God. God's just working and moving. I don't know what happened, but the Holy Ghost stepped in the room, started working on some folks, started restoring some people's joy. One girl, the girl fell out over there. She was on drugs, got totally set free right then and there in the power and presence of God. Let me tell you, that's the God we serve. Signs, wonders, and miracles. He said, these signs will follow them who believe. We're not just a, a, a ministry where we want to preach a revelation, but we want demonstration with the thing too. Come on. Jesus didn't only teach about it. He demonstrated the thing too. And if you're linked up to a ministry, all they do is teach you about it, talk about it, but they can't demonstrate it. Oh boy. It's time to shake the dust from your feet and get moving. That's what Jesus said. Don't get mad at me because that's what he said. Come on. She's been crazy. And on Wednesday night we're here. Mike. Same thing. Man, I get called last minute. I come flying down here. <laughs> I'm preaching. Preaching on Jesus in the boat, taking a nap. How he just spoke a thing, we're going to the other side. And the disciples immediately get in fear while Jesus is sleeping during the thing. And I try telling you what he said is always going to work. And I'm preaching this word, preaching this word, and God's doing a thing. And then all of a sudden I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, release the oil of joy in this place. He said, there's some people that are weighed down. So I said, yes, sir. A little after 8 o'clock. I did something I never did before. I start telling somebody stories. And they're funny. I mean, maybe even inappropriate. I don't know. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. If you're religious, you were so uptight the other night. It wasn't funny. <laughs> Didn't we laugh for how long? I mean, honest to God. Laughing and like just enjoying the heck out of the thing. I mean, I'll tell you one. I was 16 years old. I was working. I had a job since I was 11, I think it was. My first one was over here, Sebastianelli's shucking clamps. What a terrible job. You know I had to get that job? Because my dad at the time had a new SUV. He went somewhere, and me and Dylan got the bright idea. Dylan got the bright idea. I just carried it out. Faith without works is dead. Come on, somebody. He says, we ought to drive that thing. I know. We drove it all right. Right backwards through Dad's John Deere into a tree. Am I telling the truth? Oh, he was mad. He was Jesus with a horse whip mad. My rear end's got the marks to prove it. Come on. And he said, you're paying for that thing. Oh, yeah, we never got an allowance. Come on, we worked for that thing. We even learned learn how to work and manage money since we were kids. How to be good stewards. Oh, that might get you upset. Read Matthew 23. That'll really send you on your head. So I got a job shucking clams. Terrible. All I want to do is play with my friends, ride dirt bikes. Here I am over Sebastianelli's shucking clams. Right? Finally get to 16 years old. 
and I got money to buy my own car, baby. Mm, I got so excited, bought my car, because they wouldn't get me a car. They wouldn't let me near a car. <laughs> Made us get our own insurance. I mean, you wouldn't believe, they, they taught us how to be a man real quick. Right. Responsibility. Oh, I know, that's not in today's culture. You're 47, still living in mom and dad's basement. Come on. <laughs> responsibility. Where are you going with this? I have no idea. He taught us responsibility. So I get this car at 16. I go to school. I come home from school. I didn't have my license yet. Permit, right? My car's gone. I said, where's my car? He said, somebody needed it. I said, well, what time is somebody bringing my car back? A valid question. He says, it ain't coming back. I said, baloney, then you're going to buy me a car. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool. You're going to bring me a car. <laughs> he says, somebody in the church needed it. Well, then you go get themselves a car because that's my car. Come on, somebody. I didn't understand quite seed time and harvest just yet. <laughs> they got my car. That was the end of it. Last I ever saw it. Until... These people did, did my parents wrong, the church, the whole thing. And my parents, they never talk about when people done them wrong, stuff like that. They just keep moving on. They stay focused like a laser beam on what God called them to do. And that's sad. Somebody goes, God bless them when they go. Somebody comes, bless them when they come. You know what I mean? It's just how we operate our lives. I was still upset about my car. Now they did my parents wrong, the ministry wrong. Now I was really mad about my car. Come on, somebody. God always has a way. Come on, say, God always has a way. He, the Bible tells us he has angels encamped around us. Come on. The Bible says he'll command his angels concerning you. Now, God is not the author of anything bad. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come, you might have life and life more abundantly. I walk in the house after baseball practice, Mikey, and turn on Newswatch 16, or somebody had it on. There's my car. It's a true story. Except this time it was three different colors. From the flame ball shooting up out of the hood of the thing. It was black. It was gray. It was green. Mostly it was orange and red. And I began to laugh so hard. Oh, don't get religious on me. I thought that's what you get for taking my car. No, you know what I said to my... I said to God. I said, Lord... Just tell me the name of the angel that lit the match. All I want to know, Lord, is which one did it. God, I know you're not the author of anything bad. But Isaiah 3.10 says, Tell the righteous it'll be well with them, for they'll eat the fruit of their deeds. He said, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That's twofold. That works good or bad. You sow in bad seed, you got a bad harvest coming your way. You're sowing good seed, you got a good harvest coming your way. It's very simple. So I said, Lord, just give me the name of the angel. I want to give him a divine thank you. I know my parents are too religious for that, but I'm not. Come on, Lord. He never gave me the name. And my car's still out there. I didn't get a harvest of a car yet, but it's coming in Jesus' name. Here's the kicker. The people had the intestinal fortitude. We were living in, in, in Tompkinsville, Scott Township, Montdale. 
Anybody ever heard of it? Not really. 254-9466 was the phone number, Lou. They called and left the nastiest message, as if we knew the car was going to catch on fire. I wanted to call them back so bad, and my parents wouldn't let me. I thought, Lord, come on, sons of thunder, just let me call them back. You took my car. If it was still my car, it would have never caught on fire. You did the church wrong, did my parents wrong. I just wanted to call and say, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> but since then, the Lord has sanctified me some more, and here we are being righteous and holy this morning. Somebody give God a hand of praise, amen? So we had fun Wednesday night. You ought to go back and check the stream. I had about seven people come up to me after, and they said, Pastor, I haven't laughed like that in years. And I felt like every weight and burden fell off to me while I laughed. I had some lady tell me I was dealing with depression. I went back and watched that thing three times. I haven't had to take any medication since Wednesday night, and I feel great. So what you got business telling story like that? I don't care if God takes a story like that and breaks something off your life. Look, if he can use a, a donkey, we'll say it like that, in the Old Testament, he can use you. He'll use any story, any circumstance to be a blessing. He'll turn it around and use you to be a blessing in somebody else's life. If it takes a car catching on fire to make somebody laugh, to break depression off their life, I don't care how he's got to do it. I just want to see him do it. And I don't only want to, I know he'll do it. Because just like the Apostle Paul said, I know in who I have believed. And I am fully persuaded. Come on. I'm fully persuaded that he will perform it. I'm fully persuaded. Failure is not an option. I said failure is not an option. Yeah, but the COVID. They said that it's going to affect my business. No, no. It might affect everybody else's. It's not going to affect mine. I know in whom I have believed. I'm going to declare and decree a thing. Deal with some stuff. Oh, you better believe. This thing in Honesdale, I, I've had, man, just, just some stuff fight me tooth and nail. Hell try its best, including something yesterday. And I just cannot let it get to me. I just got to stand in faith and keep believing God that he's going to work it out. Good Lord, this thing yesterday, I won't go all into it, but I'll just tell you this. Somebody tried to stop what we're doing over there in authority. Well, I'll go over that authority's head, boy. I'm born again, but we also have some Italian blood, too. Come on, somebody. So I went over his head, called the guy's cell phone. <laughs> oh, baby, my phone rung so quick after that. He said, sir, I apologize. I didn't realize who you were. Vito, you know how that works. I didn't know who you were. I thought to myself, no, you didn't know who my God was. I understand who I am in Christ. Therefore, when you mess with me, you're not messing with Tyler Drost anymore. Oh, baby, you're messing with all of heaven. You're messing with God himself. The apostle Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ that liveth in me. You got to understand when the devil, you see, too many Christians just accept what the devil tries to throw their way. They try to just say, well, this is going to be my lot in life. You know, this is going to, no, 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 no. You don't have a right. If it can't touch God, it can't touch me. You might try your best, but on your best day. I declared something over the mailbox out there the other day. I said, Lord, the thief of this mailbox. Oh, baby. 
I said, what the enemy has stolen, he must repay seven times. Whew. Power of life and death's in this tongue. It's in your tongue, according to Proverbs 18, 21. And you'll eat the fruit of what you say. Oh, don't get me going on that. Don't get me going on all that. Turn over. Let's go to Matthew 8 before I get myself in trouble here. Somebody say, it's all right. Come on, it's all right. <laughs> Matthew chapter 8. When he came down from the mountain, the great crowds followed him, talking about Jesus. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Interesting, huh? Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Oh, baby. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. I told you, faith is released through words and through actions. Hear, hear me now. Faith is released through words and through actions. But watch this. Faith begins. You want to write this down? Faith begins where the will of God is known. Oh, baby. Faith begins where the will of God is known. It's not, well, faith is a dark staircase. I'm stepping out. I don't know where I'm going. Oh, I throw 17 Hail Marys up and maybe one will stick. No, no, no. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Very simply, you couldn't receive Christ as Savior until you had a knowledge of salvation. Oh, I'll take that, that Holy Ghost grunt over there. Come on, somebody. You could not receive salvation until you had a knowledge that it is God's will for you to be saved. In the same way, you can't be healed until you understand it's God's will for you to be healed. It's God's will for you to be blessed. Whatever you might, you know, uh, want to receive from God, if I could say it like that, you must have an understanding that's who God is and it's God's will for your life. Uh-oh. Come on, over there in Psalms and in Proverbs when he said promotion comes from the Lord. Don't get mad when somebody gets promoted because they believed it was God's will for their life. Oh, baby, come on, I'll step on all ten of them toes. Don't get mad. When somebody has the intestinal fortitude to stand in faith and believe God, their business will be the head, not the tail. That he'll put them head and shoulders, David and Tara, above the rest, just like he did for David. Come on. Out there with the, with the sheep. His own father didn't even believe in him. You understand? When Solomon came to him, his own father didn't bring him in. His own father didn't even believe he had a chance to be the next king. So faith begins where the will of God is known. Watch this. This leper comes down, knelt before him. That one says, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. There's so much in that one verse. And I'll show you why. Real quick context. If you were a leper, here's what happened. You might have been the greatest business person, the best looking person, had the most money, the most influent person in town, the most influential person in town. If you got leprosy, you were out. They put you outside the city walls. You had to leave your family forever. You had to leave all your assets. Everything you've ever had in your life and ever known was stripped from you immediately because of this sickness and disease. You had to go live in a leper colony. If you walk down a street, on, you weren't allowed to walk on the same side, but say where Eli was on this side of the street and I'm on this side, I would have to yell, unclean, unclean. You understand this? It literally, this sickness and disease literally ruined every facet of your being. Spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, every area of your life was destroyed by this thing. And this leper 
happens to catch Jesus coming down off the mountain. And he says this, Lord, oh man. The Bible tells us no one can say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit enables them to do so. Come on. Do you understand how much power there is right there? In other words, no matter how unclean he was, no matter what he was dealing with, no matter what had been destroyed and ripped off of his life, he says, I still believe you're God. I still, and when I call him Lord, in other words, he's saying in faith, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you are the son of God, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. I believe you are healer. I believe you are the one. Come on, somebody. He's releasing his faith out of his mouth. He said, I, in other words, everybody else might be trying to discredit Jesus. Sometimes Jesus was on the run for his life. Come on. Not everybody just loved Jesus. You understand that, right? He literally went to his own hometown, and they so much didn't even have any honor or respect for him, he couldn't even work any miracles. This is for free. Oh, man. You'll have a hard time ever receiving from somebody you don't honor. Oh, baby. Oh, man. You know why I honor people that are preachers? Because I, and it now puts me in a position to be able to receive from them. Oh, I'll take that no amens, the one on the other side of the camera, because honor is a lost principle. But he literally sees Jesus coming down off this mountain. Yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> In fact, people, now it's just a common thing to not be honorable towards men of God or have a respect for men of God. Let me tell you something. You're like taking cancer in your body and you're doing nonsense like that. Amen. I'll take that one amen. I'm trying to help you here. Come on. There's a place of honor and respect for God's anointed. He says, touch not my anointed. That's for free. Lord. In other words, I ascribe to who you are. I ascribe to who you say you are. Now watch this. In the same way you and I were unclean until we received Jesus as Lord. When we call on him, when we say, Lord... Master, Savior, we're ascribed to who you are and your teachings. Watch this. It now positions us to receive from him. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. When I call on him, not only in my times of trouble, come on, somebody, not only like, oh, when, when it's hitting the fan, not only, yeah, you get that on the ride home, John, not only when things are going left or going right, but when I each and every day say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I believe you are who you say you are. You are my Lord and my master. Through the good, the bad, and the ugly, I know it's working for my good. I believe you are who you said you are. I'm calling on you in faith and saying, Lord, I need you. And he says, Lord, if you will. The original actually translates more like this. If it is your will. Oh, baby. Thank you. I'll take that one back there. If it is your will, you can make me clean. You might want to write this down. Healing is always God's will. I said healing is always God's will. It might work one of two ways. Either the working of miracle or the gifts of healing. There's a difference. Working of miracle is my favorite because it's instantaneous. I love it laying hands on blind eyes and watching them come wide open. But there's other times when we lay hands on you, the gift of healing comes on you. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. But it's up to you now to recover. He said, lay hands on the sick, and then they would recover. There's a, a time in there. Come on. Don't let time defeat your faith. Let your faith defeat time. Oh, baby. That's better than you're saying amen. Come on. Don't let time defeat your faith. Let your faith defeat time.
See, because what the devil will use if he can't get to disrupt your faith or disrupt your believing, he'll try and get time to defeat you. Oh, man, you see this leper, you understand. It was over for him. Once you got leprosy, there was no cure. There's no coming back to it. There's no saying, you know, well, now I can go back to it. I'll get healed and go back with my family and get my job back and get my business back and get my house back. No, you lost everything forever. It was over for you. Satan was trying to use time to defeat this guy. But he got a realization or a revelation. Come on, somebody. That Jesus is the way to the Father. That where Jesus went, signs, wonders, and miracles took place. Come on, somebody. That when Jesus touched people, they got healed. So he says, Lord, if you will, in other words, or if it's your will, you can make me clean. How many people know faith speaks the desired end result? Oh, I'm preaching better, and you're saying amen. Faith speaks the desired end result. We got caught up in that building in Honesdale. I didn't look at busted windows and a tree growing through the roof and all kinds of nonsense. I got up there and I said, I see big, beautiful glass entrance doors here. I see brand new flooring all going through this place. Brand new sound system. I see, I start calling things that be not as though they were. I was speaking the desired end result. I wasn't speaking as something was, but as it ought to be. Come on, somebody. You ought to do the same thing with your health and your family and your finances. That's why I'm not knocking AA. I think it's a great program, but what I hate is they start with... Well, I'm an alcoholic. Why are you identifying with something that Jesus already redeemed you from? Oh, baby. I told him I'm going to get up in your thing today. He said, behold, all things are new. The old has passed away. I don't identify with who I used to be. I identify as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. He's not identifying as leper anymore. He's identifying as Jesus as Lord. And if it's his will, he's going to heal me. And everything's going to get restored to me that the enemy tried to steal. It's coming back my way seven times because he said it has to. Come on, somebody. And if he said it, it has to happen. It's either white or it's black. There's no in-between. There's no poking and hoping. Come on, somebody. Either is or it isn't. He either is 100% truth or he's the most damnable liar that ever lived. It either is or it isn't. He says, if you will, or if it's your will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Oh, that was a big Uh, (laughs) no-no. Let me help you understand. If Jesus, if you touched a leper, immediately now, I took on leprosy. I could never go back to my family again. I could never go back to my household again. I could never go back to anything I ever known because I touched that leper. Do you understand what Jesus just did right here? He stretches out his hands and says, I will, or it is my will, be clean be healed you know what happened the minute jesus touched that leper's hand he traded places with him he said i'll take your sickness i'll take your sin and trade it for my salvation come on somebody i'm literally about to take all this stuff on the cross anyway so why don't you get a jump start you got faith to receive you want to believe i'm lord right now well then guess what i'll restore everything the enemy tried to steal from you starting with that health come on somebody and the minute we touch hands there's going to be a transferring of an anointing come on i'm going to lay my hands on you and something's going to shift in your life something's going to change in your life everything about you is going to be different now i'm going to restore every fiber of your being every facet around you. I'm not only going to take care of you spiritually, but physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, every area of your life is about to get restored the minute we touch hands. 
The minute he comes in contact with Jesus, I'm telling you today, the minute you come in contact with the living God, everything in your life will change too. I declare and decree everything that's been set to come against you, everything that's tried to take you out is turning and shifting the minute you get in his presence in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on in this place. You can do better than that. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If you will, you can make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. Guess what Jesus did? Jesus broke the law. Oh, boy. I'm going to offend some people now. Jesus broke the law because he was forbidden to touch anything unclean. Uh-oh. And the religious people would have had a field day. Come on, they were waiting for him to screw up. Who do you think you are healing on the Sabbath? Who do you think you are teaching faith like that? You're just that weird carpenter's kid from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Think about this. They tried to discredit him. Oh, man. I said they tried to discredit him from the time he was a boy. When he was 12 years old and went teaching in the temple, they had a fit. Come on. Because the devil will always try to discredit the anointing of God. Oh, that's better than you're saying amen. The devil will always try and discredit God's work. And if he can't get you on that thing, he'll try and cause division in a thing. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. He'll always try and discredit your vision. He'll try and discredit your dream. He'll try and get in your head. Watch this, the battlefield of the mind Joyce Meyer talked about. He'll try and get in your head and tell you you're not good enough. You're not qualified enough. You're too fat. You're too stupid. You came from the wrong side of the tracks. You're born on the wrong side. He'll try and get all this stuff. Watch this. Because if he gets you thinking about it, he can get you talking about it. I'm talking think, speak, and manifest. I'm talking every day, you need to, there's a battlefield of mind, but you've got to wake up and put on the mind of Christ. You need to speak faith, not fear. I told you before, I'll tell you till the day I die, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Come on, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. I might as well say it now because this thing's over with. But I prayed for some people with COVID-19. And they got healed. Lynn, am I telling the truth? We stood in faith in Honesdale for one lady. They rushed her to hospital. They thought it was over with. Put her on a ventilator. And she said, can I stand in faith for her? I said, I don't care who stands in faith, but she's getting healed. Oh, that's ringing some of your bell. I can't believe you. Well, wait a minute. Jesus just did it for the leper. If he calls me to go on an infectious disease ward and lay hands on people, people are getting healed and it's not going to touch me. I know in whom I have believed. That's not arrogance or cockiness. That's confidence in God and his word. So she came to Honesdale, right? I'll just say this. And sowed some seed. And she said, I need a miracle. I said, well, you sowed some seed. Let's put a demand on a miracle. That's not buying a miracle. That's what it is. Is it's, in other words, I'm bringing God something and believing for a harvest on my seed. Oh, I know this is over some of y'all's head. Gray hair, white hair, blue hair, black hair. It don't make a difference. Come on. And she said, so-and-so is on a ventilator. They don't think she'll make it. I said, oh, she's not only going to make it. She's going to walk out of that place in Jesus' name. You speak to desired end result. When I pray for people, I don't say, well, if it's your will, maybe you'd touch them. No, I already know it's his will, so I speak to desired end result. 
Oh, baby. Come on, you all right out there? I said, you all right out there? I know it's a little heavy duty and early in the morning, but it's all right. It's good for you. It'll strengthen your faith. It'll help you to grow. I teach you all the time that a mind that's been stretched can never go back to original size. Preaching ought to always supersede thought. Oh, boy. So we stood in faith, didn't we? And what did it take? A couple of days? Something like that? Not long at all. And that lady came walking out of that place. Totally healed in her body. Well, what about that virus? I'll send that virus right back to hell. You think God's worried about a virus? Come on. He's healing lepers. Oh, baby. Just because you don't have the faith to believe for it, don't discredit that God can't do it. Oh, come on. I'm stepping on toes today, and I'm liking it. Come on, somebody. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean God can't do it. Imagine if you expanded your mind and your speech to believe God. Start thinking like God thinks. Start speaking like God speaks. You'd get the results God gets. Ooh, I'll preach it better than you're saying amen. Write this down. God will break some rules to bless you. Oh, man. Come on. I said God will break some rules to bless you. Oh, I just don't believe that. Well, when you were a sinner, Christ died for you. He broke some rules then to bless you. Watch this. Jesus not only comes in contact with a leper, but twice in this passage. Next one's a centurion. They're outside of the household of Israel. They're Gentiles. Uh-oh, that's called being a rule breaker. Maybe we got to rethink that song, rule breaker, miracle worker. Come on. That is who you are. No, God, Jesus just broke every rule by the religious people, by what the law taught to bless somebody. I'm telling you right now, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what's up against you, but God will do whatever he has to do to bless you. God will come your way. It don't matter who said what or how things look in the natural. I'm telling you right now, God could turn something around standing on his head. <laughs> Spoke to somebody last night, a friend of mine, and he has a guy coming to his church, did some messed up stuff, and it, I said, you know, we were talking, this is still the banner year. It's been a banner year for those who believe it. Where all debts are canceled. Oh, come on. I said, where all debts are canceled. All prisoners go free. And all properties are restored to their original owners. Come on. He had a guy and started coming to his church. Messed up, man. But he made a vow to God. And he said, God, from here on out, I'm going to live my life for you. Now he's facing 20 years in prison for what he did. So he went and stood, stood trial in Florida. And in Florida, when, when you're before a judge, not that I know, this is what he told me, amen? <laughs> you're not allowed to pick your head up. You have to keep your head down like this. And so he had his head down. And the judge says, look at me. I looked at him. The judge says, you know, says before me, you're sentenced to 20 years. Yes, sir. He said, I happen to be a Christian man. It's the judge speaking. He said, God spoke to me before I came out here. Any of y'all stand trial? You want a judge like that? Come on, somebody. He said, God spoke to me before I came out here. He said that you recently made a vow to God. Is that true? Is this thing on or what? He said, you recently made a vow to God. Is that true? And he said, yes, sir. That's my pastor over there. Friend of mine. He said, sir. This is ethically against everything I believe. And this is totally not the right thing to do. 
He said, but God forgiven me when I was a sinner. He said, I made a vow to serve God all the days of my life. He said, sir, the Lord showed me you made that same vow. He said, so uh, where's your family at? And he said, well, actually, they're at Disney. Because the family couldn't go to the thing, the COVID thing, whatever. <laughs> he says, well, you ought to go be with your family. You're totally free. I don't know how God's going to do it. It's not my job to figure that out. It's my job to stand in faith. It's my job just to stand and believe God that he is who he said he is, that he's going to break some rules to bless me. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to work out in my favor. I know it might not look good in the natural, but he's going to turn it around, somebody. Come on. He's going to turn around. It's working for me. Come on, say it. Say, it's working for me. It's working for my house. Come on. It's working for my business. It's working for every fiber of my being. When you begin to just stand in faith, believe it's working for me. I'm working the word. The word's working for me. Then God will come and meet you at your point of need. God will come and meet you. Watch us. God. God only responds to faith. He will respond to your faith. Wherever you're at, spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, he will respond to your faith. Because he's a God who always answers. I said, he's a God who always answers. Come on, take 10 seconds and give him praise in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got to run along here. I'll tell you this. Write this down. God isn't afraid to get his hands dirty. <laughs> Come on, write this down. God isn't afraid to get his hands dirty. I just proved you that with the leper. Well, you don't understand how bad of a sinner I am. Well, he nailed that thing to the cross 2,000 years ago. Why not just take on his forgiveness? Why not just receive his healing? Why not just receive everything he paid for by faith? Come on, somebody. Yeah, you are dirty. But thank God there's a perfect spotless one who stood in your place. And now when God looks at you, he sees the spotless lamb of God, Christ Jesus. Come on. Jesus likes to play substitute. Some of y'all are playing substitute teacher at home with your kids right now. Thanks to the COVID. <laughs> somebody, I had somebody tell me the other day. So funny. They said, you believe all the Bible? I said, yeah. Hello. You know. I'm one of those preachers that actually believes this book we preach. Amen. I know. It's, it's hard to con conceive, but yes, we believe this thing. She said, well, Moses. I said, yes. Went to Pharaoh. Correct. And said, let my people go. I said, he did. She said, I think we need to go to Governor Wolf. <laughs> I don't know where people get some of this stuff. We need to go to Governor Wolf because I can't take my kids at home anymore. <laughs> they need to go back to school. I thought myself, if they were my kids, I couldn't take them at home anymore either. Come on, somebody. I said, I'll tell you what, ma'am, I'll pray for you. You go see Governor Wolf and tell him, let your people go. Let me know how it goes for you. Amen in Jesus' name. I didn't quite have the faith to receive it right there, Mike, but she did. Amen. <laughs> but Jesus is substitutional. Amen. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows.
Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, come on somebody, our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. That's a good place to give God some praise. Come on somebody. Because of what Jesus did for you and I, we are healed. Because he stood in our place when we were yet sinners, he died for us. He made us the righteousness of God. So why not start putting on a redeemed mentality? Why not wake up? the day and say, you know what? I'm not perfect. Wait a minute. There was a perfect one who stood in the place for me. Oh, baby. He not only stood for me, he lives on the inside of me. That means there's perfection on the inside. And what's on the inside has to reflect on the outside. Come on, somebody. There's a Jesus who died for me, who was the spotless lamb of God. And now he lives on the inside of me. Therefore, I stand righteous before God. The Bible tells us we can go boldly before the throne of grace. In other words, he hears what I have to say. And it's not falling on deaf ears. It's going straight to the throne of God. Why? Because Jesus' blood was shed for you and I. Because he carried our sins carried our sickness, carried our poverty and lack, everything spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, and emotionally has been redeemed once and for all by the blood of Jesus. It's up to us to receive it by faith. Hallelujah. But the truth is, most people still think of an unredeemed mentality. Some people, most people, still talking like carnal man. My guy R.W. Shambach used to say, you don't have any trouble. All you need is a little faith in God. Oh, that gets me so excited. Come on. He says, you don't have any trouble. All you need is a little faith in God. Am I saying the devil won't try? Oh, he'll try his best. But even on his best day, it couldn't touch you. You've been given the shield of faith. Come on, you're in, his angels encamped around you. Could you imagine there's angels? They're literally on assignment waiting for you to speak. Oh, it gets me excited. I said, it gets me excited. As I'm preaching right now, i got angels encamped around me. There's probably thousands of angels in this room right now. Just going by the amount of people in here, and he said that we're surrounded by angels. Just give everybody a few angels. Come on, somebody. There's angels in this place right now. His spirit's in this place right now. God himself is in this place right now. Oh, that we might elevate our faith to believe that when we come to church, we're meeting with God. We're having an encounter with the creator of the heavens and the earth. Come on, somebody. The one who loved us. The one who died for us. The one who gave everything for you and I. Watch this. The one who sowed a seed. Oh, God believed so much in seed time and harvest. He had to sow a seed named Jesus to reap a harvest of many children. Where you get off on that seed time and harvest thing? It's not my idea, it's his. He sowed, the Bible says, incorruptible seed. The Bible says we've been born again of that incorruptible seed. Oh, could you imagine there's seed on the inside of you that's incorruptible? Oh, I know, our human minds have a hard time uh, conceiving this. There's incorruptible seed on the inside of us. There's purpose and destiny on the inside of you. There's greatness on the inside of you. There's perfection on the inside of you. All because there was a man named Jesus who came to earth and was willing to reach his hand out and touch our dirty hand. Who was willing to take our place. Who was willing to say, I'll take the beating so they don't have to. That for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You know, Dad said something about Elisha before. 
Dad, I don't think I told you this. We're in Tennessee a couple weeks ago watching the sunrise, just enjoying the goodness of God. I love the Smoky Mountains down there. You know, that's one of those places you could just stick me and leave me be. Amen? Give me a cabin in the hills, some country music, and here we are. Amen? A couple of John Wayne movies maybe on the TV. Come on, somebody. Magnificent Seven. <laughs> Carolyn and I were sitting out there listening to some preaching. And you talked about Elisha before. Who's this man that did all these great things for God? Right? Come on. Taunted the prophets of Baal. 450 of them. Laughing in their faces. King James tells us, he literally says, well, maybe your God's relieving himself using the bathroom. Come on, think about this. Because he was so convinced in who his God was. He was so convinced that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. It took 450 of them and they couldn't stir his faith. But there did come a time where he wanted to die. He got so discouraged by the word of somebody else. You have to be careful that what other people say about you doesn't discourage you to a place that it pulls you out of your destiny. Whew, I'm preaching better. You're saying amen. I know. You might as well open your mouth. This is like the buffet. It's just all going right in. Come on, somebody. Holy Ghost touchdown. <laughs> you know what I find funny, though? When Jesus was carrying the cross, remember? And Jesus had Simon help him. Jesus had somebody appear to him. You remember this? Who appeared to Jesus? Elisha. Oh, that's over your heads today. Elisha appeared to him. I'm just crazy enough to believe that God had Elisha appear to Jesus because Elisha dealt with some struggle too. Amen. Could have sent Abraham. I love Abraham. That's my guy. Come on. I'm the seed of Abraham. How about you? I preach Abraham till I'm blue in the face. You all know that. Come on. Could have sent Isaac. Could have sent Jacob. Could have sent David. Could have sent anybody to appear to Jesus. He sends Elisha. You know why I believe he sent Elisha? To tell him, yeah, you've had some great highs. You had some great wins. You're enduring some stuff right now. But keep going. The fight's not over. Keep moving forward. Come on, you got to endure this thing, but remember for the joy that was set before you. Remember everything you've done. Remember everything God has done in and through you. You got to understand, Jesus forfeited his godly attributes and came to earth as a man. He had human frailties. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed to the devil. Jesus of Nazareth was his earthly name. Jesus, son of David was when they were ascribing to who he was. I don't have time to get into all that. His Elisha appeared on him. And that revelation hit us like a ton of bricks. That maybe he sent Elisha to appear to Jesus to tell him, just keep going. Just keep moving. Somehow to encourage him. The guy that called down fire from heaven. Come on, the guy, I love this one. That the king's best chariot and horse was moving as fast as it could and Elisha hiked up that goofy looking robe and went running right by him. Come on, am I telling the truth? He outran a horse and a chariot. Think about this. And he was of age at that time, too. Some of y'all get that on the way home. And go up over to gray hair. Come on. Or the no hair. Hallelujah. He hiked that thing up because the anointing of God got on him, and he outran chariots and horses. Come on, somebody. Whew. 
David said, and the anointing of God hit him, he felt like he could run through a troop and leap over a wall. Come on. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit of God now. I'm talking about what Jesus did for you and I. I'm talking about living from a place of that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Come on. That I might know who he really is. Not what men say he is. Not what you know, our ideals or our theology is about, but who he really is. When I really got saved, I grew up in this thing, but when I really got saved, I'll say that. When it stuck. You know what I mean? Come on. When it stuck. I said, God... If we're going to do this thing, I want to know you, and I want to know you for real. I don't want puffing stuff. Come on, somebody. I don't want the choking poke or whatever they call it. I want to know who you really are, and I want to be used by you like this. I don't want small. Uh-oh. Everything Jesus touched grew. I don't want medium size. God, I want to believe the unbelievable and receive the impossible. God, I want to demonstrate what I preach. God knows there's enough people that can preach that can't demonstrate a lick. That's right. <laughs> oh, baby. God, I want to know you in the fullness of you. And so I believe, personal belief, that's why Elisha appeared to him and said, you know what, man? I did great things for him, too. But you know what? There came a time in my life where I just wanted to die. There came a time in my life that I got so overwhelmed. I let the stuff going on around me get to me. Yeah, you just took 39 stripes on your back. Yeah, you're carrying a big cross right now. And God's about to send somebody to help you carry that thing. But he just sent me to encourage you. He just sent me to encourage you. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep moving forward. He who began a good work is faithful to bring it to a day of completion. Just how you did it for that leper. Just how you did it for the centurion. Just how you did it with the woman issue blood. Come on, somebody. Just how you turned water into wine. Just how you did countless miracles. Now it's, to, it's, it's your time where God's going to do something for you. Oh, baby, because what you do for God, God does for you. What you do for God's house, God will do for your house. I don't have time to get into the centurion today, but I will. I won't do it to you today because I'll preach right through the next service. I've been known to do that a time or two. <laughs> what I'm saying is, <laughs> God is not a God that he'll leave you high and dry. He's not a God that will leave you on the outskirts. He's a God that will send his grace right when you need it. Come on, somebody. And the grace and the faith aren't separate things. They work hand in hand. He'll send his grace when you don't deserve it. Come on, when you feel like you're going down for the last time, he'll send somebody to encourage you. He'll, he'll send somebody to lift you up. He'll send some. Look, it might be a skinny preacher. I'll take all those amens. Good looking, best looking in the bunch. Clearly, amen. Not that it was ever much of a competition. Just look at what I'm up against, amen. <laughs> he might take somebody right here, right now, to encourage you. Watch this. Maybe he's called you to encourage some people where you're at. Maybe he's called you to reach your hand out to some unclean people in the workplace or some unclean people in the school place or some unclean people you come encounter with. You understand, you don't just come to church to get fat and do nothing with it. You see me working signs, wonders, and miracles in this place. I mean God, but through my hands. But I also do it when I go on the outside, too. 
You ask Sherry Lamb, I've had more miracles take place in the Formosa restaurant while I'm sucking down a surf and turf than you could wrap your head around. Should be in the next service. You ask her how many people I've laid hands on been healed in her restaurant. I'm not bragging, I'm talking. God wants you to not only receive from him, but to demonstrate this thing too. God wants you to shake some hands with some lepers and say, you know what? I know you think you're busted and you're broken. And everybody else has given up on you and you think you're going down from the last time. But let me tell you my story. Let me tell you, I was an alcoholic and God delivered me. Let me tell you, I thought I was going down from the last time. I thought I was unemployed and he gave me a business idea or gave me a drink. Come on, somebody. He's all things to all people that you might save some. He literally, I, I just believed in this last dispensation of grace that we're living in, that God is putting anointing on the children of God and on the church of God. Now hear me now, that just like David in Psalm 121, people are going to look at your life and say, I want what you got. And you'll say, yo, you want what I got? Look to the hills where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, who's the maker of the heavens and earth. You're right. You should envy what I got because I got the anointing of God on my life. I got the creators of the heavens and the earth living on the inside of me. I put on the mind of Christ. I have the Holy Ghost. Come on. That's why sickness and disease aren't touching us. That's why I'm able to prosper when everybody else is going down. Because he said in Psalm 1, the righteous will prosper in every season. That means COVID season, riot season. It don't make a difference that God always has a plan to bless you. God will break some rules to bless you. God will take you and put you in a place, head and shoulders above the rest. Come on, somebody. He'll put that anointing on your life that'll only make you the head and never the tail. Only put you above and never beneath. But you can't get screwed up by what people are saying around you. I, <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. I had somebody the other night at midnight forwarded me screenshots of a text message of another local minister who was blasting me from the pulpit. And it had the, the intestinal forward dude. You think I care? I literally looked at that. Now, here's the human emotion. Oh, Lord, woe is me. Let me get the violin out. <laughs> Come on, right? Another full gospel minister wants to take shots at me. You know what I did? I said, devil, is that the best you got? Ha, 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 ha. I'm going to bed. Delete. That's the best you got? You got something to say about me? Man, far better have tried. That's right. You understand, if they can't discourage you, they can't discredit you. Oh, man, I'm almost done. If they can't discourage you, they can't discredit you. Don't let your faith get discouraged. Don't let your faith get discouraged. Jesus said to Peter, be careful, Peter, that your faith may not fail. For Satan has tried to sift you like wheat. He tried doing his best. But on his best day, we have one who is greater on the inside of us. We have one who is greater living in our lives. I know I'm over on time, but it's okay. You go to the restaurant and sit around forever anyway. You got to use a mask on the first 10 feet on the way in. In case you didn't know, I didn't know. Somebody said, where's your mask? I said, it's on. I said, it's a new invisible one. You didn't see it? I thought it was funny. They didn't. I have this terrible thing called a sense of humor. You should try it sometime. I'm telling you, it'll make you laugh in the presence of your enemies. Hey, that's what David said. He prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My brother encountered all joy when various trials and tribulations come your way. For the testing of faith will produce an endurance in you. I don't like when bad stuff happens, but I realize I already have a way out. I realize because there was a substitute named Jesus. 
Come on, there was a substitute named Jesus. All right, I got to land this thing. Don't let me get into the centurion. If I start trying, stop me, all right? <laughs> Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. You know why Jesus didn't want them to talk to anybody on the way? Because they would try and discourage him. They would try and discredit the miracle that just took place and say, well, you look the same to me. Are you sure you really got healed? Oh, come on. Come on. Let's shake that religious spirit before we close. Are you sure it's really working for you? It looks like things are still pretty bad in your life. It looks like the ice is cracking all around you and you're on thin ice. It looks like the church is hurting. It looks like that, 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 the devil, all he could do is squawk. But he's like a lion without teeth. And believe it or not, he'll use people too. You just can't listen to voices and doubt and unbelief who are going to try and discredit the thing God's doing in your life. Uh-oh, I said try and discredit the thing God's doing in your life. You see, God just made this man clean. God just restored everything. And he knew if he came in contact with one religious spirit, it would have shook his faith. Oh, man. And got him over there in doubt and unbelief, and he would have lost his miracle. Doubt and unbelief will kill your miracle. you got to be careful. I'll close with That your miracle, what you're saying with your mouth, isn't killing your miracle. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, come on. I was just getting ready to sing that thing. <laughs> you got to watch what you're saying isn't killing your health, killing your business, killing your relationships, killing your family, killing every area in your life. And watch this. Don't let the haters kill it either. Oh, baby. I'm going to come over here and preach. Don't let the haters kill it either. Because they'll try. I said, they'll try. Yeah. Somebody said, I feel called to ministry. I said, how thick's your skin? Yeah. Oh, baby. I don't like wear them alligator shoes. I got skin like it too. Come on, somebody. You have to. Because the devil will try his best to take you out. To discredit what God's done for you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Can I give you one point for my next message? Just one. Yes, from the centurion. Just one point. It's too good not to share with you. The centurion comes to Jesus, right? He's a Gentile. He's outside the household, right? He's unclean. Just like the man Jesus just touched. Uh-oh. Because all there really is is unclean people until they encounter Jesus. Now, once you've encountered Jesus, you've got no business talking unclean. That's redeemed mindset. For so long, I wanted to find out why was Jesus willing to go to the centurion's house? Why was he willing? Because the other Gentile lady that came to him said, Lord, I, I, I need a miracle. And she says, healings, Jesus said, healings the children's bread. Remember? Because she's outside the household of faith, the covenant. And she, she, oh, she was a feisty woman. <laughs> she said, well, even the dogs get the scraps that fall from the master's table. Jesus, and Jesus marveled at her faith. Now, the centurion is the only other person in the Bible we see Jesus marvel at his faith and also was outside of covenant. So Jesus showed it to me. I said, why 
Were you willing to do that for him? How many people tried to stop Jesus? He didn't stop. How many people tried to get your attention? They were in covenant. Why did you stop for this man to be willing to do it? He said, you're reading it in Matthew's gospel. Go over and check it out in Luke's. So I get over there in Luke 7. Do you know what that man did outside of covenant? The Bible tells us he built a synagogue for them to worship in. He financially got behind God's work. And he wasn't even a believer. Oh, because the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. He literally built a temple, a church for them to worship in. And he, wasn't, he was outside the house of the covenant. Now watch, Jesus said to me, because what he did for my house, I was willing to now go to do for his house. What you do for God's house, God will do for your house. And I'll just give you this last decree. We'll take the offering and leave. Well, get in the next service. Maybe you're leaving. I don't know. <laughs> By you sowing seed of coming to God's house, you're entitled. Uh-oh. You're entitled for Jesus to come to your house. By coming, showing up, having the intestinal fortitude. It's a ni nice word, nice verbiage, amen? I could do this thing. Or we could, you know, go the other way, whatever. <laughs> By you showing up here, you have a right to say, you know what, Jesus? I came to your house. I've been faithful to your house. Now I know that you're not a man that should be mocked, not a man that should lie seed time and harvest. Now I believe you're coming to my house. You're coming to my business. You're doing for me. You're doing for me what nobody else could do because it's who you are. Thank you for your mercy and grace, God. Thank you for seed time and harvest. Come on. Sometimes, Psalm 23, 20, verse 3, tells us the Lord never forgets a seed. Sometimes it's a good idea when you're going through something to remind the Lord of the seeds you've sown. Spiritually, physically, financially, every area of your life. Say, so you know what, Lord? I really need you to come to my house today. And I've been faithful to your house, and you'll watch how he don't just show up. Come on. Lord, I need you to come to my business. We've honored your work with our business. Now show up in our business, and boom, there he is. Come on. Lord, I need you to show up in my health, but I've been faithful while I was healthy to get to your house. And he shows up and touches your health because it's who he is, and what you do for God's house, he'll do for your house. All right, I'm done on the centurion. We'll bless the offering. Oh, I, I got to quit, for real. <laughs> Say this with me. Say, God's a good God. Say, God took my place. Say, God's a good God. God took my place. Say, I receive his mercy. I receive his grace. Say, Lord, today, elevate my faith. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Everything you are doing. And everything you will do. Father... Help me put on a redeemed mind. Help me put on redeemed speech. Father, help me think like you think. Come on, it's getting quiet in here. Father, help me speak like you speak. And Father, let me have what I can have. According to John 16, 15. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that destroys every bondage destroys every yoke, disarms every plan of the enemy in my life. 
I receive healing. I receive strength. I receive your blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now clap those hands and give God a mighty shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Come on. I appreciate y'all. I really do. You want to give something to Thrive Church today? We appreciate it. Just mark it Thrive in addition to your tithe. You want to give something to Kenya? That's great too. You want to give nothing? That's perfectly all right too. You didn't start our blessing. You can't stop it. That's not arrogant or pride. It's just knowing in whom I have believed. Amen? Uh, what's the ways they can give here? You better wake up back there on the computer. I'll come back and get that slappy anointing on. Amen? I saw Benny Hinn do it one time. Never mind. That's over your heads. No more humor. There's a ways you could give online. You could partner. Uh, there's a couple big barrels here. We're going to sing something upbeat. You could drop something in the barrel on your way out. You want to hang around for next service? I'm sure dad's going to preach it down. Hey, if I don't see you, I love you. More importantly, this church and God loves you. And know this, he's got a great plan for you. Plans to prosper you and never to harm you. Plans to bring you a great future and a great hope. Just lift your hands one second. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he always cause his face to shine upon you. You're rising up, you're lying down, you're coming forth, and you're going out each and every day that you live. Somebody say that I live. To see the gift of another sunrise. May you know that you are blessed. Say, may I know that I am blessed and highly favored by God himself. In Jesus' name, I receive. Now clap those hands and give God a mighty shout of praise. You want to wow, what a powerful message. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home. And we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. And you can let us know how these broadcasts have helped you. We will see you next time. And one more thing, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.